0: Delta Airlines believes that you should feel at home, even if you're 30,000 feet above it. Learn more at Delta.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems, it's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. You are listening to Blessed and Bossed Up, presented by Anchored Media. An entrepreneurship podcast for Christians all about how to make God the CEO of your business. Get ready to be inspired, challenged, but well-equipped to live and build your destiny his way. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Blessed and Bossed Up podcast. This week, we're picking up on part two of the questions that we started last week. Before we get to it, I want to remind you guys of the giveaway that we have going on right now, where I'm going to be giving away some of my favorite resources as it relates to faith and business. So my favorite books, of course, my favorite Bible, which is the Life Application Study Bible. Um, I'm going to make sure you get that. Some of my favorite business and faith books that have really helped me on this journey over the last five years of building a business God's way. All you have to do is follow me on Instagram at Tatum Tamiya T A T U M T E M I A. That's it. The giveaway is going to go through, is going to be open through the end of May. And then at the top of June, I'm going to choose somebody and make sure that you get these amazing resources. So without further ado, here is part two of our episode. Let's answer some more questions. The next question says Is someone getting started with their LLC? What are some tips you can give them? How are some creative ways to bring in customers? The worst thing you can do as a business owner is go straight to tactics without understanding why you're doing what you're doing and the impact that or understanding the impact that those activities are going to have on the business and towards your goals. I see this happen so much. You decide you want to start this business, you create an Instagram, you start posting and then you're mad why sales aren't coming in. Like, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's backtrack for a second. Have you validated your idea? We talked about this. Do you even know why you started an LLC? Do you know, do you even understand why that's the best business structure for what you're doing? Do you, in addition to validating your idea, do you understand who your consumer is and what their buyer behavior is? Have you outlined the buyer's journey so that you know what you need to be presenting them at what time and why in order to increase your op- increase your chances of securing that sale? There is so much more to business. <laughs> And if you're going to start a business, you need to get really good at being the executive of that business and the activities that go into that to see the results that you want to see in your company. And again, this is a huge, like starting a business is very easy and the internet and influencers and everybody make it it looks like it's, it's super easy and you have to know, and I'm not it doesn't have to be super complicated or complex, but you just simply need to understand why you're doing what you're doing, the impact of what you're doing, um, and understanding this just the various decisions that go into building your business. So somebody getting started, the same advice I said before, validate your idea and do a business plan. You don't need to worry about ways to bring in customers yet. Go through the business plan first. There's so many more steps that you get to before you get to that point. We can't rush the the process because otherwise you'll have a, a sale here and there. You might go viral and make some money and have no clue how to sustain it. Or you might go viral and miss out on money because you didn't have your stuff outlined correctly in the first place to maximize any exposure that you may get. So really understand why you're doing what you're doing. And work out those details that you can figure out within a business plan. The next question says, hey, Tatum, I thought about you and your advice to have a business meeting with God this morning, realizing and rejoicing rejoicing that I had made it to that space. Yay, I'm, I'm glad that you did that. I have a natural skill for organization and I want to monetize and build a brand that will ultimately serve those in need of my service in more than just a decluttering way in a serving God way. I have really great ideas and even some clientele, but I don't know where to start. I'm currently not working. So it has felt intentional that I had this time to build and I want to do just that, but it just feels like the many changes in life are holding me back. And so she put in parentheses that you know she's 25 and she's dealing with the grief of using, losing her parents. Please help a sister out. These are force, these forces are feeling too strong. And I believe in my heart I can prevail. Just having a tough time coming to that workspace with a productive and clear mind. Thanks in advance for everything and anything you have to say. So, first of all, my condolences, um, my heart and my prayers are with you for your loss. I I simply can't imagine the grief, you know, of losing parents and you said parents with an S so both of them and I'm my heart sincerely goes out to you and I would suggest that first understand that grief is okay that it is 100 percent normal to not feel productive or have a clear mind when you're dealing with grief don't rush yourself to jump into something that you may not be ready for because you're going through something very real emotionally Um, And and I would suggest maybe seeing a grief counselor or therapist or someone that can help you, one, navigate those feelings of grief and the different stages of grief, but then also advise you on what is the best way to move on with life with that grief. You know, I'm not qualified to answer that question, but I would suggest maybe seeking someone who can help deal with that. But I I want you to understand that it's okay what you're going through to, to have those feelings. Um, And to not have a clear mind right now, like that's 100% valid. Now, once you do seek that advice from a a professional in that way, you said you already have some clientele and you don't know where to start. The great place, a great place to start is asking your clients what they need, why they need it. So in addition to, because I don't want to get repetitive, in addition to like the business planning and all of that, you have clientele. So your idea is validated enough to the point where you have people that are paying for your services. Now is the time to really interact with them and talk to them and survey them and see like, you know, what do you need? How do you need it? Why do you need it? How much are you willing to pay for it? Also assess the process that you go about delivering these services. Is this something that's sustainable for you? Are you spending too much time on the actual, um, decluttering part and that's taking away time from you being able to get more clientele well then that may be an indicator of well let me systematize my approach to organization so that I can train somebody else to do it and assign them to the clients while I go and grow the business and get more clientele and so now those are the things that you should start with and focus on right now Even looking at like how do I take payments? Is this easy? Is it? Am I minimizing waste? Am I spending a lot of time on or and money on things I don't need to deliver this service? Am I delivering extra things that that aren't really relevant to my client that I can take out and use that time and money on things that they do care about? This is the opportunity and a time for you to really just get roll your sleeves up, get your hands dirty and get to the nitty gritty of the details of your business, and identify anything that you need to change, anything that you need to continue, and really just learn as much as as possible, and allow that information to inform your decision. So start by taking a deep dive into your business right now, after you do Um, You know, you just, you seek the people or the profession that you need to seek in order to successfully navigate that grief and get that guidance on how to move forward with that grief. So the next question says, congratulations on your achievements and anniversary. What a beautiful milestone to celebrate as you reflect on all that the Lord has done and mark it with expansion and increase. Thank you. How do you identify resources to support personal and business growth? So this is a few questions. She says, how do you identify resources to support personal and business growth? And then how is accountability encouraged and positively reinforced in faith-based businesses? These are great questions. So the first one, identifying resources to, to support personal and business growth. What I usually start with when it comes to identifying resources is I have to have a, a understanding of what God has me doing in this season, and I let God tell me what I need to work on, and then I find resources based on that. So for example, in 2020, God told me that I needed to, it might have been 2019, I can't remember, he told me that I needed to transition from entrepreneur to executive, that I had been up into that time in grind mode and all of that. And he needed me to really focus on this executive stuff that I've been preaching to you guys ever since. Now, when it came to identifying resources for that, at that time, I had already gotten my MBA. So I already was aware of what it takes because an MBA doesn't teach you how to be an entrepreneur. It teaches you how to be an executive in a company. And I already had that education, which was extremely helpful for what God is calling me to do. I already had that experience from being in a lot of the executive meetings and things like that with my last job, but there was obviously something else that God wanted me to learn. And so I just started to read books. I'm an avid reader and I'm always looking for different books, but I I always make sure that the resources that I invest in are, are specific to the things that God wants me to work on, and so I've been reading a ton of books on executive uh, things over the last couple of years. The one I'm reading right now that I love, and it's in my Amazon store, it's called "Great CEOs Are Lazy: How Exceptional CEOs Do More in Less Time." It's not a super popular book that's on everybody's list of whatever. I actually came across scrolling on Amazon because. I'm an avid reader, so I'm always scrolling on Amazon book section. And I came across this. I'm like, I like the way this sound. He got a guy on the front with his hands behind his head and his feet up. I said, I like, I like the way this looks. Okay. (laughs) I want to do more and less time because time is an essence for me. So um, I've been reading this book and this has helped tremendously with the things that I'm working on, on the executive side of my company. So again, First, I let God tell me what season I'm in and what I need to do. And then I invest based off that. Something else he told me to do, I feel like it was 2021 or 2020 on the same lane of executive stuff is he told me to focus on HR. And after that, I went and hired an HR consultant that came as a referral. And I was talking to her. I'm like, hey, I need to build out the HR side of my business. What do I need to do? Because I didn't know where I needed to start. So I needed her to tell me. And she did. We put together our uh, uh, payroll system and our just employee management system. We got set up. We got our employee handbook set up and just the policies and procedures of working with Anchor Media, uh, established like our clear company holidays and all of those different types of things. And We got our insurance set up that we just started offering this year. So we had those preliminary conversations where I'm like, hey, when I bring full-time employees on, I know I want to offer benefits. How do I go about that? How much is that going to cost so that we can financially prepare now? And just had all of those conversations and got the stuff that I needed done in that time while also informing myself of what I would need soon. So now fast forward to 2022, where we have full-time employees that We uh, offer benefits to health insurance, dental, all of that. I was able to find out how much that cost early to be able to allocate funds for and prepare for it. And so now, you know, our, our employees have great benefits and insurance. And so that's pretty much my process. Go to God, Lord, what season am I in? What do I need to focus on? And then find the resources that support what he needs me to do at that time. The second question to this was, how is accountability encouraged and positively reinforced in a faith-based business? We know wise counsel is extremely important. So that's number one is have wise counsel. We know that iron sharpens iron, that scripture as well. So just having people who understand both the faith side of you and the business side of you that will be able to encourage you and to help you grow. And also finding people who are, on the mentor level, so at a level above you, but also people who are at whatever level of business you're at right now that you can just vent to and that can help hold you accountable and all of that. Someone who is also faith-based, who understands the righteous life you want to live, but also the the business that you want to build that you can just connect with and you guys can hold each other accountable. So just finding community um, would be my answer to that. And in addition to finding community i would also do some some self awareness and just some internal work to figure out what do i need to do to also hold myself accountable because there might be some seasons where it's just you and god and you also have to know what is it going to take for me to make sure i keep myself in check something that i do every single week is i have a check in with myself i say hey what what worked this week what didn't work this week how am i feeling did I did I do the things I set out to do this week? Am I did I slow down and really spend the time I needed to spend with God, or did my my busyness get pull me from left to right? So just really taking a step back weekly has is is very very beneficial for me because it gives me the opportunity to pull myself in, and also I can easily identify and I suggest this the same for you because this comes from that self awareness. I know, and I have symptoms and triggers that signal to me something is wrong and you need to sit down for a second and figure out what the issue is. And usually what that looks like is if I'm starting to feel anxious, if I'm I'm having headaches, headaches are just a physical symptom to me that I'm stressed. And that usually is something to make me sit down. Um, so if I have a headache, if uh, I feel anxious at all, If I feel like my days are controlling me, if I don't have peace of mind or just a calm subtleness in my spirit, if I'm just like doing the most, those are usually indicators. If I'm feeling overwhelmed, those are indicators that Tatum, you need to sit down and figure out what's going on. And when I come to this podcast every week and be like, y'all God, pull me back, pull me back in. He got me together. Those are the revelations that happen from those weekly check-ins with myself where I'm like, okay, something's wrong. God, where am I missing things? Where am I getting off? And then he pulls me back together. I repent if I need to repent. I make adjustments where I need to make adjustments, but that's how I keep myself accountable um, is by checking it with myself. And then, of course, I have wise counsel I can call and who can give me advice on certain things. So I would suggest community and also figuring out what works best to hold yourself accountable. All right, the next question says, with being an entrepreneur and an influencer, how do you balance your personal and social life? How do you know what to share and what not to share? What is too much and what is just right? This is something I've been struggling with, which has made me put a pause on pursuing my influencer goals. I think before we became Blessed and Bossed Up, I did a podcast about building a personal brand with boundaries, something along that nature, because this was very important to me before I started a podcast and all of that. When I was trying to figure out where I wanted to build a business online, all of the things you mentioned are things that I took into account, more so about like what to share and what not to share. These are the things I really took into account of what am I comfortable with? as it relates to building this brand online and I wasn't comfortable with being a slave to my phone and feeling like I had to show every moment of my life so Instagram for me at that time was out and not that I wasn't going to be on Instagram but it it couldn't have been my platform of focus because I feel like you should definitely have a platform of focus when i looked at youtube i was like uh i don't want to walk around with a camera either i don't like being on camera i'm used to it now but at that time 5 years ago i didn't want to do that and and so that i landed on podcasting for those reasons and a few others but and then when it came to the podcast it was Okay, how do I, now I'm building this brand online, like you said, how do I know what to share, what not to share, and all of that? So the first step is creating a brand around a message that is beyond you. When you create a brand around a message that's beyond you, you automatically create a separator between you and your message. So you automatically don't need to show as much of yourself. You just need to show whatever is necessary to push your message forward. Your message should also be something that is relevant and a hot topic and personally connected to the people that you want to reach that again gives you the ability to be far even farther away because now it's not about you. It's about the message and it's about the person that the message is supposed to connect to. After you do that, then you can decide what about my life is relevant to said thing. And then establish your boundaries as far as what to share and what not to share around that. Example, when it came to blessed and bossed up, It is my job on this platform to teach you guys how to make God the CEO of your life and your business. That's the message. It's been the message since we first changed it over. So a bunch of other stuff about my life is simply not relevant. (laughs) What's relevant is what that looks like how that message has been transcending in my life. And that's when I come in and tell you about, you know, this is the revelation I got. This is how I was getting it wrong. This is the message God gave me on this episode. This is the scripture that I've really been anchored in for that reason. So I haven't told you what I ate for breakfast or what me and my husband are going through or in, because it's not relevant. And that has allowed me to maintain my privacy. And also build a brand that people connect to and advocate for that has allowed its growth to be as exponential as it is. So that would be my advice to you is start there. And then of course, you know, what are your boundaries? So for me, you guys know my boundary is I don't talk about relationships because my marriage is something that I fiercely protect. I'll show you guys our date nights and things like that because that's what we do. We go out, we hang out. We crack jokes with each other. So if you watch my vlogs, you'll see he try to play me every now and then and I'm trying to play him every now and then cracking jokes or whatever. So you'll see those things because it's just, that's a part of my life. I'm married. So of course you see my husband around if I'm showing you, you know, day to day. But as far as conversations and and deep conversations that we have or trials that we go through in our marriage, that's not even an option to come to the podcast or YouTube or anything like that. I protect that fiercely when it comes to my son even though my my message now has grown i told you about the message with the podcast from five, that started 5 years ago but even now as i'm pushing this message through my book and a lot of other things you'll see from me on on my personal brand of she is uncompromising. The message is for you not to settle in any area of your life, for you to have the the babies in the business, the family, the purpose and the profit, all of these things. That's the message that I'm having. So I'm going to communicate that Or share aspects of my life that's relevant for the advancement of that message. And that's relevant for the message to to really hit home with you or whoever the consumer is that's listening to that. And so then how that relates to my boundaries is, of course, I'm a mother. You don't need to see pictures of my son to know that I'm a mother. I told you, you've seen the baby bump if I posted a pregnancy picture. I don't even think I announced my pregnancy until I was like six or seven months because you could hear it on the podcast at that point. I was out of breath. It was taking forever to record an episode because I had to stop pausing. I was sounding congested towards the end. It was just a lot. And so I got to tell these people I'm pregnant because girl, you sound crazy. <laughs> it's how I was feeling. But you know, my boundary is the details of like, you know, seeing my son and what we're doing and all of that, that's irrelevant because I don't want to compromise the connection that I have with him. I don't want him to see me with a camera in his face for people. Cause I got endless pictures like, for myself and my family and things like that, but I don't want him to our experiences together to be recorded for consumption, that's just not something I choose to do. I don't want his picture to be everywhere because it's a way that I protect him. The internet, people be taking pictures and it's a random, cute, curly kid Instagram that screenshotting people kids' photos and posted it and sharing it and all of that. Uh-uh. No, not doing it. that like my, he will be a child. He don't need to be on the internet. And it's not necessary. It's a boundary of mine and it's not necessary. So it just isn't going to happen. So those are just my two biggest ones is my marriage and my son and my future children. Those are the things that I don't share details of everything else, you know, what's going on in business and stuff like that. I'm a lot more open about it. So again, if you do what I said of having that message uh, and having a message that connects with other people that allows you to, to be able to be a little more distant, it also gives you the opportunity to partner, talking about being an influencer, you can partner with different brands. You know what I mean? So. For me, if I'm talking about being uncompromising, a great, a big part of that is being able to effectively plan and be productive. And so that gives me the opportunity to partner with different companies or softwares or whatever that we use that helps me to be a lot more productive. So one of our, even one of our sponsors on on this show, um, Stamps, I don't know if they're sponsoring this episode because I haven't looked before I recorded this. But they allow people's lives to be easier. You save time and you save money by using their software and not going and dealing with the chaos of the post office. So that's something that is relevant to my message, is relevant to them, and is relevant to my audience. And it's going to enhance their life. And I didn't have to tell you details of my life that I didn't want to tell you in order for you to to comprehend and understand that. So that would be my advice to you for sure, is to do those things and to then let that inform the content that you share. And then going back to the first part of your question, you talked about balancing your personal and social life. I'm a very structured person. So as far as like my personal life with like my immediate family and like business, I pretty much got that uh, to a really good flow. Praise God to go out to get there. My social life is something that still struggles. To be honest, I have great... And I thank God I have great friends where I may not talk to them often, but they're always cheering for me. They always are there for me when I need them. And I pride myself on being there for them when they need me. Now I may, it was a a post on Facebook where it was like, I may respond to your text in 0.2 seconds or three to five business days. That is a fact for me. If my phone is in my hand and you text me and it's a quick response, I'm gonna get right back to you. If it's something I gotta think about, in any type of way, or if I get distracted, I probably won't ever respond to it. But um, that's something I'm trying to get better with. And I thank God I have, you know, just really understanding friends. Like my friend Tish, she hit me up and she was like, okay, we need to go to dinner or something when we doing it. I'm like, all right, this is when I got available in May. Let's get together. So we found the date that worked, we scheduled it. Something actually had came up right after we scheduled it. Um, a business event or something, but I I turned the business event down because I committed to going to dinner with my friend and that's what I'm going to do. And the business thing can wait. And um, so, yeah, just I I pride myself on being there for very important things. Like my cousin, she's one of my bridesmaids, just I love her to death. She got, and she's a great friend, even though we're family too, she's getting married. And um, me and a couple of her other friends, it was our task to plan her bachelorette party and get started on that. And it came at the worst time because I was at, like my grandmother's having surgery. So I'm in Baltimore dealing with that. As soon as I come back home, I'm back in mommy mode and I got business stuff that I I had to push back due to having to go to Baltimore for the surgery. But I just stayed up late, got it done by the deadline we decided upon and send it to them. And it was important for me to do that because again, I value relationships. I value my friends and my social life kind of sucks a little bit because I'd be tired. It's mostly the issues. I'd be tired and there's a lot going on, but I I have to just make sure at the bare minimum, I'm there when they need me and try my best when it comes to even those in-between things like getting stuff on a calendar and sticking to it and all of that. So some things suffer. You can't do everything as a priority all the time. And for me, just being able to go out with my friends and, and things like that as much as I want to is something that I haven't been able to do yet. But um, again, I got good people in my life to where I can. They're not holding it against me in any type of way. And they, they love me the same. And I, I, I love them and appreciate that. This episode is brought to you by NPR. As a Black woman, it is just so important to have Black stories and to see myself represented in the media. As a mother of two beautiful Black little boys, it's important for me to show them representations of themselves in the media so that they can be inspired and know that the possibilities are endless for them and their futures, and also so that they can see their stories told Hear a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center Black voices. It's NPR Noir. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as very nuanced, and Black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR wherever you get your podcasts. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. It's that season, y'all. And by season, I mean allergy season. I'm someone who has seasonal allergies and it's the worst. My nose gets stuffy. My throat gets scratchy. Sometimes I'll come on and want to record my podcast and sound like a grown man. But luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. The next question says, hey, Tatum, I'll be turning 30 in October. And while I know you just recently turned 30 yourself, what do you want this next decade to look like? And when you reflect back, what were some of your defining moments in your 20s? This is a great question. As far as what I want the next decade to look like, I definitely want to grow my family and be done with growing my family. (laughs) I would love God willing if I could have four children total and i want to adopt a child as well it's like random fun fact i don't think i've ever shared on the show that i would love to adopt a child too so i want to have either four um biological children and one adopted child so five children total or three biological children and one that i adopt um but i definitely want to grow my family for sure over the next decade in addition to that just continue to whatever God has for me, I just don't want to miss out. That's the biggest thing. Nothing specific beyond growing my family. I just, whatever God has for me, I, I want that. I want that. And I just pray that my thirties are a time where I enjoy a lot. You know, my twenties, I was grinding and working and figuring life out, went to college, went to college again. And <laughs> You know, started the business, pivoted a few times with that, got married, had my first kid. It was a, it was a lot going on. And but before my 30s, I want to just have a, a lot more fun and just enjoy the blessings. Um, I want to take a step back a lot more and spend more time, not necessarily resting because I rest, but I just want to spend more time vacationing and exploring new things in a, a, a bigger way you know, traveling to new countries with my husband, trying new food, um, all of these different things. I just want to live life to the fullest for this next decade in addition to growing my family and experiencing those things with my family. As far as defining moments in my 20s, there were a few. Of course, the biggest one being the moment where I came across Jeremiah 1 and 5, where it says, you know, he formed you in your mother's womb. Before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you and I called you and set you apart as a prophet to the nations, um, paraphrasing it. But that scripture was really the catalyst to me building a relationship with God. And so, of course, that was a big defining moment for me because that just fuels something in me to want to know, like, well, if God knew me, then who am I? You know, that was a big thing. And actually, speaking of who am I, another big moment for me in my 20s was when I was in college, we had an assignment uh, in undergrad. We had an assignment where the professor told us to write down these three questions. Who am I? Am I really who I say I am? Am I all I ought to be? And this was something that I've used in speaking, and I probably said it in the podcast or some type of communication at some point. But those three questions really did a lot for me, because it forced me to really take. uh, It it really catapulted this self awareness thing that I always talk to you guys about, and so that was a huge moment for me. And and those are three questions that I ask myself often, and that really prompted the check ins that I talk to you guys about all of the time. So that was a huge defining moment. And then some years after that. Cause in college I was living, <laughs> I definitely was living my life, but uh, it was not living my life for God. I was living my life for me and my flesh. Uh, but then of course, a few years later after college, just coming across that scripture and really that was a defining moment for me in growing my relationship with God. Meeting my husband was another defining moment for me because it softened me in a way that I didn't think that I need to be softened and it, it matured me, uh, not it, but him specifically, that relationship has really shaped a lot of how I've been able to grow as a woman. Um, a lot of my decision-making, my outlook on life, a lot of it, like I, I didn't grow up seeing healthy marriages and, I just didn't, and a family was something that I I knew that I always wanted, and I thought that because, you know, you see relationship goals, and, and my idea of what I was looking for in a partner was very superficial, and it also lacked a lot of what I actually needed. And so um, just meeting my husband definitely changed a lot for me and forced me to grow in a lot of ways. And I, I definitely credit a lot of who I am today and what I've been able to do to him. And I'm grateful for God because that's definitely a God connection and a God union. And, I, and that's why I protect it so fiercely. So that was definitely another uh, defining moment in my 20s. Another big defining moment in my 20s was when I didn't get this job that I wanted. So I was in this position where I was on my second job after graduating college. I got fired from the first one. I don't even, why did I get fired? I can't remember. I I really, really don't remember. But (laughs) I just remember I was mad because they fired me on a Friday in the afternoon during homecoming weekend. How dare you? I was so mad because I'm like, and mind you, I went to Morgan State University, which is an HBCU and HBCU homecomings be late. And I was planning on leaving after work to go to homecoming. So I'm like, so not only are y'all going to fire me at the end of the day, you're going to do it when it's homecoming. I could have been in Baltimore by now. And y'all had me sitting up in here all day. Like That's why I was mad. <laughs> um, but it was, I think it was like some conflict I was having with my manager or something that led to that. And we didn't even get into that because it don't matter. But the job that I had after that, I hated it. And this was the first time where like I'm from PG County, Maryland, which is a black area, everybody black. And I love PG County. I'm from there. I still live in PG County. And um, I'm used to being around people who are like me. I went to a HBCU, everybody black again. And when I graduated college and went into the workforce, this was my first time being in an environment that I was the minority. And I hated it. I hated having to co-switch. I hated having to justify my hair changes. Like if I had a weave, oh, your hair grew. You know the same mind. Why are you, like, come on. And I remember one place I worked, like, it was me and only one other black girl. We both had braids at the same time. It's like, oh, I couldn't tell who was who from behind. Slim, what? my <laughs> see my peachy <laughs> coming out slim, excuse me. But just, like, the microaggressions. Oh, Tatum, you got such a, you're so tan. Or, like, just these stupid comments and dealing with, like, I, I could not take it, y'all. I can I can shout out to all of you guys who are in corporate America as people of color who have to deal with microaggression, racism in the workplace, stupid comments, having to explain yourself all the time, just being yourself. And one that I know is very common that I had to deal with too was me just being a chill person and not perky and like, outwardly chipper all the time and speaking to everybody and then people telling me I got an attitude and all of that. I literally am minding my business. Those are things that Black women and people of color in the workplace have to deal with all the time. I hated it. And so I was in this job, ready to go, looking for other positions. I had this position opportunity where at the time I had a mentor who worked who was the marketing director at this organization that was a primarily Black organization. And I was like, oh, I want to finally get back into an environment with people who look like me so that I could, you know, just be comfortable enough to do my job and to thrive and to grow in this marketing profession. And so I didn't get the job. She was like, I sent my resume to her, my cover letter. She sent it over. She didn't review it. She was like, well, Tatum, I don't really see you make too many mistakes on stuff. So I didn't even think to look through it in a detailed way. So apparently it was a typo on my resume or something. Mind you, I looked at this joint 15 times to make sure it was no issues. And I was so hurt because at the time I wouldn't say say, but I'm still a believer. So I was praying to God, like, God, I need this job. Please help me get out of this environment. I want to go somewhere where I'm comfortable that I can grow. Long story short, I didn't get the job and I was butthurt. So, 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 so hurt and upset and frustrated because I had to stay in this place that I hated and had to deal with all of these microaggressions and things and racism in the workplace. I had to keep dealing with that. Long story short, the job that I got, I ended up getting someone I went to college with messaged me on LinkedIn and we were talking and they had this opening in their marketing and business development department. And she thought I'd be perfect for it. I had an in from the relationship I had with her. I had actually worked with her. She hired me for something else before. Uh, when I was in college, one of my um, on-campus jobs. So we were, she was familiar with my work ethic and all of that. And she ended up hiring me there So I didn't get the job that I wanted. And I was so caught in my emotions about how I hated the environment. But the job that I ended up getting was a job that has taught me so much that I've learned and that I've used in business today. And it was a job that I met my husband at. And so that was a defining moment for me, because no matter how emotional I was about the situation, it just reminded me that God always has a plan. He's strategic and there's a purpose for everything. If I got the job that I wanted, I think it was for like a social media manager or something like that. I would have been just working on social media stuff. Like the job that I got, I was able to be in an environment where I was able to see like high level decisions being made for a multimillion dollar company. God was preparing me in that position. And then the bonus was I met my husband there. And what was even better because my environment was a big thing. I wanted to be comfortable at work. So now not only was I taken to a job, not just a job where everybody was black, but this company that, um, I ended up working for, it was like all types of cultures. When I tell you that the company potlucks were lit. Okay. We have food from everywhere. And as a foodie, y'all know I was in their hype. We have food from everywhere. We have Chinese food, Indian food, African food, soul food, everything, okay? So um, not only was I put into a position where I could be comfortable because I wasn't the minority in the workplace, but I was put into a company where it was super diverse. So I was able to learn about other people's cultures and you know connect with other pe- people with other backgrounds and all of these things, so it was even better. And I didn't have to code switch at all. Um, I didn't have to do anything to where I was compromising myself and didn't have to deal with any microaggressions or anything like that. So God still met, gave me the desires of my heart, which is a workplace that I was comfortable with. But he exceeded my expectations of putting me in this position where I was able to learn so much that will inform a lot of what he would have me to do in business. So that was a huge defining moment because it just reminded me that God not giving me exactly what I asked for is a good thing. And that's something I always think back to. It it was something that happened and I was like maybe 23 or so at the time, but that is a huge defining moment for me because it just built up. It's one of those things that builds up my trust in God and how he orchestrates things even when it looks like I didn't get something that I thought I wanted or that was the best thing for me. That's it for the questions. That wraps up another episode of the Blessed and Bossed Up podcast. Make sure that you are subscribed, that you rate the show. Share it with a friend. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Tatum Tamiya to participate in the giveaway. I'll talk to you guys next week. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems. But getting therapy has its own problems, too. Like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and, of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems.